0: I'm doing a case study on beer. We'll start with the origins, history, and uses of beer. The history of beer involves many cultures, and it's difficult to know the exact time that beer was invented. But the earliest alcoholic drink originated 9,000 years ago in China, and it contained rice, fruit, and honey. However, the Middle East probably created the first barley beer. Additionally, archaeologists discovered beer residue on ceramic vessels from 3,400 B.C. Historians were able to identify the origin of beer through hieroglyphics, coniferum characters, and written documentation in ancient Africa, Egypt, and Sumeranian tribes circa 6,000 years ago. Clay tablets in Mesopotamia show pictograms of adding bread, barley, and water and mixing them into a drink, and there was a statement that said the drink made people feel exhilarated, wonderful, and blissful. Cultivation of beer was popularized in the north and west over time, and the Roman Church produced beer for pilgrims and the members, and they sold beer to sustain their community. In Germany, the Reinheitsgebot of 1516 limited beer to the following four ingredients: water, wheat, barley, and hops. Eventually, yeast was fermented in beer and people gained more knowledge of fermentation due to Louis Pasteur's research on yeast in the 19th century. When the 18th Amendment prohibited alcohol in the U.S., breweries were idle and some breweries closed. During World War II, men were fighting the war, so lighter-style beer was marketed to women. Beer is now marketed to more people and is found in stores, homes, and bars and restaurants. Beer is distributed from the brewery to retailers and consumers. The three-tier system of distributing beer consists of brewers and importers, retailers and distributors. Distributors control temperatures in their vehicles to preserve the beer. The nutritive content of beer has more protein and vitamin B than wine, and beer has iron, phosphate, fiber, and calcium. Drinking one or two cups of beer daily can be used to limit the risk of heart disease and strokes. Beer is used to entertain or impress people, since beer is served at parties festivals, such as and festivals such as Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest is sure to impress as the festival is in full swing, and 6 million attendees consume 7 million liters of beer at Oktoberfest, which is used to impress people and is similar to Fox's article which states that lavish food entertainment is part of the ancient tradition of food hospitality used mainly to impress strangers. The tourism during Oktoberfest creates a revenue of 1 billion euros annually, which includes the expenses of hotels, restaurants, and taxis. Oktoberfest originated in 1810 to celebrate the marriage of Prince Ludwig and Princess Therese, and according to Fox, feasts like weddings, serve so the ritual purpose of uniting the celebrants in the common act of eating therefore sharing beers with others at oktoberfest feasts or parties is a way to unite and impress the guests beer is commonly used as a way to improve social lives since the campaign for real ale camera c-a-m-r-a an organization that advocates for beer conducted a study and concluded that sharing a watering hole helps improve social skills which increases overall life satisfaction. They also discover that going to a pub or bar results in closer relationships and support systems, and beer drinkers are also more trusting. The idea of correlating shared foods and being more trusting is also demonstrated and verified in the Gastropod podcast of Sharing Plates, How Eating Together Makes Us Human. There are economic factors that contribute to the way beer is consumed and used. Bars are used as a place of comfort that provides a separation from work and someone's home. Low-income people appreciate bars since they provide a place to get away from an overcrowded apartment or a squalid loft or grimy job. Additionally, the increase of demand in alcohol in India bettered India's economy, and the government taxes it as demand for beer creates more jobs, encourages the international sales of beer. I will now move on to supermarketing of beer. The packaging and color of beer contribute to whether consumers buy the product and they contribute to the consumer's expectations of the flavor. The color of beer also impacts the expectations of taste and the experience of beer. A study researched two different colored beers that had similar tastes which led to different perceptions of flavor for each colored beer. People in this study also assumed that darker beers are more expensive which indicates that the presentation of drinks or food impacts our beliefs. When conducting a triangle test that had three darkened cups of two of the same beers and one different beer without a color distinction, it was found that participants could not distinguish the flavors, meaning that the color of the beer would make people differentiate the flavors. This study is similar to the Serving Up Superbrands film, since the researcher conducted a similar experiment of giving participants the same brand of beans that had two different packaging labels and they discovered that people thought there was a difference in the product when the type of packaging was altered. This research research indicates that consumers should be conscientious of how products are displayed, yet the display still manipulates consumers' perceptions of food products such as beer. Microbrewery has to produce a lower quantity of at most 15,000 barrels or 460,000 US gallons of beer annually has specialty beers that are seasonal or for events and is more local and independently owned since at least 25% of the beer must be sold on site, such as in pubs, bars, and restaurants. Some words to describe microbrewery include boutique, specialty, small scale, local, and independent. In comparison, Macrobrewery has to sell more than 6 million barrels of beer annually, and it sells beer internationally or nationally. Some words to describe Macrobrewery include international, national, large-scale, mass-produced, cheap, and quantity. The descriptive words for microbrewery and macrobrewery can be used to compare the types of local and industrial beers in our discourse analysis. This discourse analysis is similar to Crowther's comparative terms for discourse analysis between slow food versus fast food. Beer is a six, sold as a six-pack carrier and Coca-Cola invented the six-pack carrier in 1923 to encourage people to take contour bottles of Coca-Cola home and drink it more often with an expanded availability of home refrigeration. This marketing strategy can be applied to beer since a six-pack carrier of beer encourages consumers to drink more and incorporate the beverage into their daily lives at home. Therefore, a six-pack carrier of beer is selling a lifestyle or ambience of the idea of convenience of storage to optimize the number of times consumers drink beer. Furthermore, the way beer is sold is analogous to the way menus are designed according to the Menu Mind Control Gastropod podcast. Since both menus and beer are designed in ways that encourage consumers to buy more. For example, menus have add-ons that inspire consumers to buy more food to increase the price of a meal. And buying a bulk of beer is another way to increase the price of a singular beer as a form of ad- an add-on. As a result, the way beer is sold conveys a message of manipulating the price to increase profits. I will now discuss nutritionism. Forms of reductionism, nutritional, biomarker, and genetic can be part of reducing foods into the parts that compose food as screeners suggests, that foods are broken down into their component parts and these parts are assigned health-related functions. For example, the nutritive content of beer includes more potassium and vitamin B than wine and beer has iron, phosphates, fiber, and calcium. Fiber in beer is used to lower LDL or bad cholesterol, which is a form of reductionism, breaking down complex systems into their simpler parts and understanding the interaction of these parts, since the sum of the individual oversimplified and simpler parts of beer contribute to bodily health. Fiber is usually 0.2 to 1% of beer, and reducing the amount of fiber related cholesterol levels to a number oversimplifies the biochemical benefits of beer. This reductionist ideology is illustrated by nutritionism since it determines how we engage, understand, and measure the nutritional composition and value of beer. I will now move on to discussing gender in relation to beer. There is dualism between the mind and body when beer or alcohol becomes addictive physically or psychologically. This addiction to beer becomes a mind over body experience bodily or material on one hand, mental or spiritual on the other, which is a form of the dualist axis. Men are more likely to be high volume drinkers and women practice more abstention from alcohol than men. Therefore, men are probably more confined to their limitations of their body when they are trying to satiate the cravings of their minds on the dualist spectrum. Additionally, people who are addicted to drinking beer or alcohol have to practice controlled drinking, such as as drinking in moderation. Adversely, alcoholics exhibit no control over their consumption of beer. This is where the control axis becomes relevant, since drinking in moderation to control the body is a form of accomplishment and control. Regarding the gender power axis, women could potentially drink beer as a way of escaping traditional female roles and social limitations to achieve men's freedom. According to Psychology Today, drinking beer is the manly thing to do, and consuming beer is a display of heterosexuality. Men also drink beer as a form of male bonding, and there are advertisements of men consuming beer at sporting events or while watching sports as a form of masculinity. These ads are hegemony, of the dominant paradigmatic standard of the idea that masculinity is derived from consuming beer and every drinking behavior and idea of masculinity is compared to the paradigmatic standard that positively correlates beer and masculinity. In relation to Periscoli, men will drink beer to try to emulate the ideal ads of achieving masculinity by consuming beer through reliance to achieve the model. I will now discuss beer as a metaphor for sex in the kitchen. In Italy, the fertility branch in Polite Clinico Hospital found that men who drink more beer per week create more sperm. Therefore, beer can be analogous or a metaphor for testicles or testes that create sperm in the similar way that renin for making cheese for curdling or procreation is analogous to semen according to the Bass. The process of the fermentation of beer can be analogous to fertilization, such as when sugars and yeast are converted into alcohol, or when female reproductive systems convert sperm into a baby. The egg and sperm fuse to form a zygote in fertilization, which is analogous to the glucose refusing or diffusing into yeast to form glycolysis, creating alcohol and carbon dioxide. When I asked an employee at at the beer restaurant Three Notch Craft Kitchen and Brewery which gender usually works at the bar, the employee said 50-50. When I asked this employee which gender typically orders beer, the employee said 50-50 again. Additionally, 41% of bartenders are female according to Rewards Network. This could mean that men and women generally and equally belong in the kitchen of the bar so both genders equally contribute to transmitting the sexualized beer between the receiving genders. This is unlike the bengante, since bengante women usually worked in the kitchen to symbolize their marriage, spatiality within the home, and gender segregation and division of labor. Given that beer is analogous to testicles that create sperm, since there is a positive correlation between drinking beer and creating more sperm, and fermentation is analogous to fertilization, males and females are equal participants in the spatiality of bars and conception or impregnation of giving each other beer, which is analogous to reproduction and sexually transmitting beer as sperm to the opposite gender. For example, a male bartender gives a female customer beer that symbolizes the testicles creating and giving sperm a female bartender gives a male cost customer sperm that was created by the testicles or consuming beer. Therefore, beer has become sexualized, and beer is a paradigm of human reproduction. I will now discuss beer in relation to whether families equal recipes. A pastor created a Bible study group called Beer, Bible, and Brotherhood, as he believes that men would be more willing to attend Bible study in a bar than in a church. The act of establishing a brotherhood between beer and the Bible demonstrates the spiritual commensality of togetherness. The term brotherhood is defines the quality or state of being brothers. So this pastor pastor created kinship between worshippers through drinking beer. In the Bible, -um Deuteronomy 1426, says to use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or other fermented drink, or anything you wish, then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord, your God, and rejoice. This biblical statement indicates that by drinking a fermented drink, such as beer, worshippers will become part of the kinship of Christianity and rejoice as a member of God's family. Although the... This is not a biological or consanguineal relationship via linear linear descent, blood, and DNA. Beer, the Bible, and brotherhood establish relatedness that is a flexible contract between consuming beer and becoming God's children, which is a processual exchange. According to Carson, relatedness is a form of conceptualizing relations between people. Forming a kinship through drinking beer is similar to the kinship that is formed from eating rice or drinking a female's breast milk in Lingawi since there is a social instead of biological kinship or relatedness through consuming food. I will now discuss beer as culture on a plate. Muslim cultures do not drink alcohol and Muhammad ordered followers to avoid alcohol, stating if it intoxicates in a large amount, It is forbidden even in a small amount, and intoxicants and gambling were called admonitions of Satan's handiwork. This beer or alcohol taboo can be based on environmental and cultural factors. The Middle East is mostly a desert environment, and drinking alcohol in the desert would cause people to become dehydrated since a sufficiently, sufficiently alcoholic drink can suppress ADH to the point where your kidneys actually excrete more water than the volume of the drink itself, and so there is a net dehydrating effect. This demonstrates ecological determinism, because Islamic thoughts and cultural traditions of beer can be derived from ecological and environmental factors, such as dehydrating in a desert due to alcohol consumption. This relates to Harris's explanation of the Pictabud taboo in the Middle East due to pigs not being well adapted to the climate and ecology of the Middle East, since beer is not well adapted to the climate and ecology of the desert and dehydration. There are also religious explanations against food taboos which could justify Islamic cultural thoughts and influence the taboo against beer or alcohol. For instance, liquor affects moral judgments, which is forbidden in Muslim culture, since intoxication makes one forgetful of God and prayer, that is harmful. Beer can become inappropriate or taboo in dangerous contexts. The following list begins with the safest use of beer to the most dangerous use of beer. Socializing with friends at parties, recreational drinking, underage drinking, alcoholism and health risks, intoxicated rape, and drunk driving. The taboo of beer being unsafe is a mental template that determines the cultural determinism of beer, which is the structure of thought that gives us classification and determines our food behaviors. The idea of beer becoming dangerous is a disorderly classification that corrupts our perception of beer and thusly creates a beer taboo, since these dangerous contexts do not fit into standardized models of when it is normal, safe, or acceptable to drink beer. Beer that is classified and consumed in a safe context context, can only be considered socially acceptable, familiar, orderly, and normal. For example, drunk driving is a disorderly context of beer usage that, that does not fit into proper, normal ideologies of when to consume beer. This classification system is similar to the pig being alienated stigma in Middle Eastern cultures since the pig did not fit or belong into proper classifications of appropriate food. In anomalous context, eating pigs or drinking beer in dangerous contexts deviates from what is usual, normal, or expected of standardized food classifications. I will now discuss beer as metaphysics. Through the effervescence of beer, the bubbles provide a mouthfeel that allows drinkers to transcend into drunkenness, which alters drinkers' soul, mind, and behavior. This drunkenness creates a different, carefree aura that surpasses human spirituality. For example, a cannabis beer or cannabis-infused beer would produce a body high, which is a feeling of relaxation and lithography. This transformation is similar to Lidwina fasting to become divine or supernatural since the transformation that occurs when someone consumes cannabis beer is supernatural and metaphysically enlightening. The metaphysics of mind-altering beer forms relationships between the mind and matter or immaterial and material sensations. Therefore, the effervescence bubbles of beer transform into relaxation and then becomes changes of one's soul. Which becomes a supernatural godlike deity. This transformation is parallel to converting heat, rice, and milk into blood or kinship, according to the Lungawi. In mythologies of Mesopotamia, the goddess Inanna makes the god in- Inki drunk with beer in order to steal the heavenly secrets away from him. This mythology could reflect the cosmology or religious framework for understanding the world. Since the method or fable of how to reveal a person's secrets is explained through the process of making people drunk. We now, discuss beer as a food hegemony. The process of making beer has a traditional cultural form of ingredients, techniques, and standards. In the classification of brewed products as beer under the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 and as malt beverages under the Federal Alcohol Administration Act, Beer is defined and codified as beer, ale, porter, stout, and other similar fermented beverages including steak or similar products of any name or description containing one half of one percent or more of alcohol by volume brewed by or produced from malt, wholly or in part, or from any substitute therefor. Therefore, the US systematizes and codifies beer by its technique of being fermented and by its components, such as classifying beer based on the alcohol and form of malt concentration. This codification of beer is derived from the traditional methods of making beer, and these methods were once elements of modernity and innovation. The act of systematizing systemizing, and codifying beer creates culture since it forms a power structure of what can be defined as beer's identity. The American definition of beer codifies what people expect to drink at American parties, which is a form of beer codifying human behavior and culture. The codification of our definition or recipe for what is constituted as beer is also associated with our social relationships, since friends typically bond while drinking beer. Additionally, the formal American definition of beer Is a form of essentialization because the essential necessary components of how to classify beer are reduced to simple ingredients and are based on tradition and modernity that rationalize the codification of beer. This lawful codification and definition of beer creates beer's identity and is the standard model of the cuisine. Therefore, every alcoholic beverage will be compared to the American definition of beer, or the American national identity of beer. Beer was a true gift from the gods. It was also a sign of wealth. In ancient Babylon in Mesopotamia, in the Code of the Hammurabi, the ancient Babylonian set of laws, decreed a daily beer ration to citizens. Each citizen was given beer daily, and the portion depended on one's status or wealth. Furthermore, workers were paid in beer occasionally. This is an example of a hierarchical use of beer that was intended for wealthy members of society and then became mainstream when marginalized workers also received rations of beer depending on their wealth. This demonstrates that beer consumption and popularity was originally elite or oat, and the mass consumption of beer depended on the power of the elite's decision-making and choices. For instance, the production of beer was controlled by the monarchy and was distributed among citizens according to their social standing. This exemplifies a hierarchy of beer distribution, consumption, and popularity that trickles down from the top of elitism to the bottom marginalized members of society. As a result, this demonstrates the fashion pyramid, which is the effect of the elite or old members of society, selecting fashion trends that then become mainstream and popularized in marginalized clothing stores. I will now discuss beer through globalization. The world's top beer export is Mexico, and Mexico has 21.3% of the market share. Mexico makes Corona, a popular brand of beer, and retail sales of Corona in the United States nearly tripled last year in 1985 to 200 million from 70 million in 1984. Since Mexico is a developing country, Mexico acts as a periphery or semi-periphery that produces cheap labor and raw materials of beer and distributes beer to developed nations such as the U.S. The developed countries that import Corona represent the core nations that profit from consumption of beer and the Global Division of Labor of Globalization. Globalization is a way of owning local traditions and becoming an identifier of traditions. Oktoberfest is an example of globalization since the beer that is produced for the festival demonstrates authenticity of German culture and traditions, traditions. For example, only beer from Munich breweries may be served on the Weissen as custom dictates. Therefore, many personalized beer and made it their own culture and tradition. DMV International is the premier importer of specialty beers from Belgium and Poland, and the products from their breweries represent some of the major Belgian specialty beer styles. From authentic Abbey ales, Abbey style ales, artisanal ales including wheat, blonde, brown, triple golden ale, as well as Flemish red ale and finally traditional Belgian lambics. These specialty beers in the traditional Belgian Lambics represent the dialectical process of combining ales and wheat, for example, to create an authentic new category of beer that is unique, personalized, and local to Belgian culture. Therefore, the Belgian Lambics has more meaning locally, cultural value, and significance. Belgian Lambics is unique to Belgian culture since it was taken in and incorporated as one's own and brought into conformity with the customs, attitudes, etc. of a dominant social group of Belgian culture, and is different from other types of beer in other countries. This is similar to the sale of curry in Japan or the U.S., which are different from Indian curry, since the curry is assimilated into a new, different form of curry for each culture, creating a new cultural entity of food.